this must be it. Can't see any number. Uh, 24, 25, 26... Aye, this must be it. Come on, come on, what's keeping you? It's a bit blooming parky. Oh. Yes? Mrs Shapiro. Who? Would you be Mrs Shapiro? Not me, dear. Oh, I'm sorry. Have I got the right house? 28 Nadine Gardens. Yes? Well, there's a Mr Shapiro lives here. Oh, sorry, dear. You must have got the wrong number. I haven't, no. no this is where he told me. Who would that be, dear? Friend of Mr Shapiro's. Oh, well, he must have been mistaken. Well, that's funny. 28 Nadine Gardens, you said. Ask for Mr Shapiro. Well... I understood you took in lodgers. Guests? Oh, and he's not one of them? No one by that name, dear. Are you sure? Oh, yes. All my gentlemen are regulars, dear. Oh. I've had some of them coming to me for... Oh, wait a minute, dear. There was a gentleman. Huh? Oh, but he left here such a long time ago. Called Shapiro? Oh, I can't remember now, dear. It's so long ago. That might have been his name. Like that. Could have been. I don't suppose you'd have a forwarding address. Somewhere I can get hold of him. Well, not now, dear. Not after so long. Was it important? Oh, got something I was asked to give him. Still, if he's not here... Not now, dear, no. <laughs> He'll have to do without it, then, won't he? Apologies for troubling you, Mrs. <laughs> Just sorry I can't help, dear. Not to fret. Thanks, any road. Good night. Oh, uh, just a thought. But if I did happen to come across it, the address, I mean, just by chance, and uh, I knew where to get in touch with you. I'm at the Euphrates Hotel in Victoria. Yes. But just for tomorrow. After that, I'm back up north and he can stuff it. Righto, then, dear. Geez, dear, you said you might have something for me. Uh, hello, gorgeous. Hello. Long time no ear. What can I do you for? Listen, dear, I think someone must have been a bit careless. I've just had to turn a gentleman away. He was asking for Mr Shapiro, you see. Shapiro? Yes. Wait on, that's out of date, darling. Well, exactly. That's why I thought I'd better ring you, dear. What? Oh. oh. Carter. Duty office. Berryman here, sir. No, oh, of course it is. Wouldn't be anywhere else at this time of night, would it? Oh, sorry if I won't, you, sir. Ah, oh, you hell. What's the panic? We've had a caller, but he's not family. When? About half an hour ago, in Islington, sir. The house in Nardine Gardens. Yeah, well, go on. Well, the, uh, the thing is, we know he's not family because whoever he was asked for Mr. Shapiro, sir. Eh? No one else, just Mr. Shapiro. All right, Berryman. I'm coming in. Right, there you go. Hot and wet, little trotter mass. Ta. 
Ah. So, after you got the call from the landlady... I called Benny Freeman. He pulled his finger out a bit sharpish and got his bird watches covering this hotel in Victoria. The Euphrates. Uh-huh. We also got a tap on. Our man arrived back there 40 minutes ago. What's our caller been doing since? Well, sleeping, as far as we can tell. There's no light on in his room. He's not used the phone and he's not moving about. At least, not now, he ain't. What do we know about him? So far, well, not much. According to the register, his name's Collier. Graham Collier. British national. Well, claims to be, anyway. Any more? My only guess is... The hotel's used a lot by airline transit passengers. Night clerk says Collier's booked in for one night only, so it could be he's flying in or flying out. But uh, you don't know which? No, not yet, sir. You don't know a right lot, then, do you? What have you been doing since you called me? Waiting for you to get here, sir. You haven't bothered to check the labels on his luggage, anything like that? Uh, the night clerk couldn't help. Collier booked in before he came on duty, and Benny's birdwatters didn't have time to get inside the room. What about uh, airline passenger lists? Well, we're checking them now. Right. And after that, where he came from, what he was doing while he was there, what he does for a living, and what his wife likes to call him when they're in bed, right? We don't know whether he's married yet, sir. Then find out. <clears throat> that all, sir? Unless, off the top of your head, uh, you can tell me what he was doing at one of our safe houses, using an out-of-date password, when nobody seems to know him from Adam, yes? Let's treat this joker a bit seriously, all right? Yes, sir. By when? By the time he leaves that hotel, six hours, seven, on my desk before we pick him up. Where will you be, sir? Right here. <clears throat> right. Oh, Berryman. Sir? Any idea where I'll find Toby Lismore? Oh, I thought he was on leave, sir. I thought so, too, and that's a pity, because I want him back here. <laughs> pig. Oh, you pig. <laughs> what are you... <laughs> no, Toby, no. <laughs> oh, you know what you are, don't you? Right. A boring, predictable no. chauvinist. Oh, this isn't fair. What about me? What about you? And be a good girl. <laughs> wow, that stopped you. Leave it. Why? No, Chrissy, no. Why not? Oh. Hello. I'd like to talk to Toby Lismore. Is he there? Uh, who is it? Carter. Hang on, I'll find out. Toby, it's for you. No! Yes, he's here. It's Mr. Carter, darling. Carter? How oh, in God's name? Give me that. Carter, do you know what time it is? Why? You in bed? Well, why aren't you? Because I've got nowhere to keep me cosy. How'd you find me? That's the business we're in, Toby boy. How soon can you get back here? Look, I'm on leave, Carter. You were on leave. Until just two minutes ago, you were on leave. Now we want you back here. Oh, go to hell. Listen, Toby, I need you. Now, back here. Not next week. Now. Look, I don't know where you get your nerve. You should be flattered, Toby boy. It's your head I want. All those clever questions you know how to ask and I don't. We've got a mark. And he stopped moving until morning. I want you to lift him because I dare not let him run. And I need you to be nice to him when I do. And to find out what in hell he's playing at. Hmm. That all? Except, I'm sorry. Apologies to the wife as well. My wife is in Suffolk, Carter. You know that. Yeah, I know. It was she who told me where to find you. Cup of tea, please. And I'll have one of them sandwiches. What have you got? These. Yeah. Oh. Ham, is it? Uh, I'll have a ham sandwich. Message for Mr. Graham Collier. Passenger to Preston. Mr. Graham Collier. 
travelling to Preston, please go to the station manager's office. Would Mr. Graham Collier, passenger to Preston, please go to the station manager's office. Excuse me, that's 25, please. It was. Oh, sorry. No, I have to... Oh, here. Now, can you tell me where I'll find the station master's office? Can I help you? Oh, uh, my name's Collier. There was a, a, a what's it, a call for me over the... Uh... Collier? Uh, Mr Graham Collier? Uh, yes. Oh, glad we've managed to contact you, sir. Oh, who are you? A friend of Mr Shapiro's, actually, sir. Asked me to say how much he's looking forward to meeting you. Come. Mr. Collier's suitcase, sir. I wonder where you want me to put it. Oh, just dump it over there. I don't am seeing it as soon as he comes in. Sir. Only one item of interest, sir. Package. Here we are. Oh, I'll take that. Had a cassette of film in it. We've uh, we put a dummy in its place. Where's the original? Mr. Carter's taking it down to the dark room, sir. All right. Will you tell Mr. Carter I'd like to know what's on that film as soon as he's got a print? Right, sir. We'll call you in then, shall I, sir? Why not? Right. October the 23rd, subject Collier, Graham. File reference CG stroke TL stroke M587 stroke S. First interrogation commences, 9.57am. Come. Mr Collier, sir. Good morning, Mr Collier. Are you Shapiro? Uh, No, my name is Lismore. Uh, Do come in, Mr Collier. I was told he'd be here. Well, Mr Shapiro is a colleague of mine. Now, if you'd care to take a seat, we can get started. Started? Just a few questions. What about? You. Uh, Please, uh, do come and sit down, Mr Collier. Me? What about me? Well, we'll start with your full name, shall we? Well, you know it. No, I'm sorry, I meant your Christian names. Yeah, that's my case over there. You've been rummaging through my things. We're examining the contents, certainly, but everything's still there. And nothing's been taken. I assure you. I don't give a monkey's elbow. You've got no right. Well, we'll come to those all the sooner, Mr. Collier, if you'll just answer my questions now. You were going to tell me your Christian names. Oh, Graham. Place and date of birth. What's that got to do with anything? What am I doing here? It's just that we have certain forms to fill in. (laughs) Bureaucracy, really. Still, we have it to do. Bear with me, please. Not till I know what I'm doing here. according to our records, you were born on the 15th of June, 1926, in Blackburn. That's in Lancashire. Wrong. Really? I was born in Darwin. That's just outside Blackburn, for what it matters. Anyway, if you know it already, what's the sense in asking? Well, we'd like to be sure that our records are reasonably accurate before we move on. When are you going to tell me what I'm supposed to have done? Done? Well, you are the police, aren't you? Not strictly speaking. Then 
Who the hell are you? Please, Mr. Collier, let me ask the questions. And then we'll be through all the sooner. Now, you paid a visit last night to a house in Nadine Gardens. So what? Where you asked to speak to Mr. Shapiro. Aye, and I was told he didn't live there. Not anymore. Why did you want to see him? I had something to give him. And would you like to tell me one? Not a right lot, no. Why should well, I? Because I've asked you. Oh, this is like some daft game. Well, I'm sorry if that's how it seems to you, Mr. Collier. Perhaps you'll appreciate it isn't a game if I tell you how much we know about you already. Born 1926 in Darwin, Lancashire. Married, no children. Present address, 17 Moseley Street, Preston, Lancashire again. Present employment of the firm of electronic engineers. You've been with them for 15 years Oh, now. very good, very good, very impressive. Mr. Mr. Collier, I travelled halfway through the night to be here this morning, especially to see you. Nay, don't try and make out you're doing me we a favour. We have a cell downstairs, Mr. Collier, with a barred window and an iron door. If you like, you can rot in it. Who the bloody hell are you? A friend of Mr. Shapiro's. And therefore, a friend of yours. Well, I've never met the man. But you did have something that you wanted to give him. Now, why don't you tell me what that was? Well, it was just a package. Would this be it? Well, it looks like it, I. You knew all along. We weren't absolutely sure. Do you know what's in it? No. Aren't you curious? I couldn't care less. It's a cassette of film. Actually, we're developing it now. Oh, good on you. Now, according to our information, you were in Germany until yesterday lunchtime, and then you took an afternoon flight back into this country, touching down just after seven. What were you doing there? Well, the wife's mother was there. Was your wife with you? Aye. Where is she now? She's still there. Oh, the old lady's not took that bad. We've been told she might be dying, but it was, well, it was just a false alarm, so there weren't much point in me stopping on. But Hilda said she would. Her father's dead, so there's no one else. Your wife was born in Germany. Brilliant, aye. How did you meet her? Well, it was just after the war. I was stationed there in Berlin. And your mother-in-law still lives there? Aye. And that's where the film was given to you? That's right. Who by? Who by, Mr. Collier? A fella I met in a bar. His name? I don't know. <laughs> you, sh you surely don't expect me to believe that. Believe what you like. It's the truth whether or not. I met this fella in a bar and we got talking. He asked me to do him a favour, but... He never told me his name, and I never thought to ask. A complete stranger walks up to you in a bar and asks you to smuggle a cassette of film into this country. And you agreed, just like that. Oh, ah, you can make it sound daft if you want to. Any road. I never thought of it as smuggling. Did you know what was in the package? Well, no, I've told you. So, you could have been carrying anything. Trucks, guns. Even a bar? Or give over. You say you met him in a bar and got talking. Tell me about it. Well, I was having a bit of an argument with a barman. I'd paid for my drink, but he kept saying I'd not given him enough. I couldn't cut it all, couldn't tell what he were on about. Then this other fella started translating and got it sorted. I see. How many times have you been to Germany, Mr Collier, since the war? Oh. 
spare few hours. Well, for instance, I mean, how often does your wife go to visit her mother? Once a year? It'll be about that. And do you usually go with her? Often as not. What are you getting well, at now? It's just that I find it difficult to understand how it is that a man stationed in Germany during the war, married to a German, who revisits Germany as regularly as you do, doesn't understand the German language sufficiently to know what a barman is trying to tell him. The bar where you had this argument. What was it called? Well, how do I know? It was just a bar. Well, all right, then. The man who gave you the film, what did he look like? Ah, well, he was a small chap, weedy. He wore glasses, had thin hair and a lot of lines on his face. How old? Oh, 40-odd. Yes? You alone? No. I've something here I think you ought to see. Well, tell me. This film we've been developing, it's all good pucker gen, Toby. I mean pucker. Just one thing. When we got to the end of it, we found the last frame had been double exposed. Whoever took this went and slapped a shot of some bloke's face right over the last page of the documents he was copying. Hmm. Careless of him. Can you still read any of the writing underneath? Why don't you come and have a look, see? Where? The dark room? I'll be in my office. Hmm. On my way. Oh, you're disgusting. What? You're supposed to shave when you get up in the morning, not at midday. You're seedy, Carter. Oh, get stuffed. <laughs> I wonder what control can possibly see in you. Maybe I'm uh, good at what I do. Maybe if I wore a punsy striped tie like yours, <laughs> it might stand out a bit. Look a bit incongruous, you know. Say if I was running for home somewhere in the zone. Might even uh, get me shot. Ah, You're just sore still, because I busted your weekend. You can go to hell and back before I admit that to you. <laughs> What do you make of Collier? He's a moron. I've put him downstairs to cool his heels and try to think up a better story than the one he's telling up at the moment. You don't believe him? Well, his story's so bloody awful, I can't see how it can be anything but true. But he's, he's not frightened enough. He's not squealing about his rights the way I'd have expected. I don't know. Well, where are these photographs? Oh, here. You'll uh, find the one that's double exposed at the bottom. Hmm. So it is. Well, well. Anyone we know? Nope. So maybe it was just an accident? Not possible. If someone's gone to the trouble, maybe even risked their life to photograph highly sensitive documents, which is what these appear to be, he is not going to ruin the last page by taking a happy holiday mugshot over it. Not unless he's very, very careless, or has a very good reason. Now, I don't believe anyone could be that careless. So there has to be a reason. What? Don't ask me. That's for you to find out. Well, not entirely. It is your case. Then it's down to both of us. Right? <laughs> Regrettably. <laughs> Fancy a bite to eat? No time. Pine a pint, then. Why not? Just round the corner. Come on. Know what that stuff was on those photographs? No. Minutes of committee meetings. Agenda. That sort of thing. No which committee? I'm sure you're going to tell me. Central Committee of the East German Presidium. Hmm. Have you told Control? No. Are you going to? Not yet. 
First, I want to know who's playing Santa Claus out of season. You're mad. You're going to help me? Why should I put my head in the noose? There's no noose. Well, there is if this backfires and the old man finds out. He won't. Let's cross. Here, watch it. That's better. Hmm. Safer in the park. Well, what do you say, Toby? You in or out? You mean I have the choice? <laughs> Not really. No. Well, I'm going to need more than I've got so far. What else can you give me? Which areas? Well, let's start with Nadine Gardens. I thought you knew. Safe houses are your concern. Usually I try not to know. Maybe you didn't read the report I left on your desk this morning. Well, then what the hell do you think I spent two hours talking to Collier about? No, I mean the details you forgot to mention, such as who runs it, who uses it, and, and who else knows about it. I am useless to you unless I know it all. 28 Nadine Gardens. It's been one of our addresses in London for about two years. It's run by a woman, widow of one of my team in Aden. Mm. She drinks gin and she plays the ponies, but she's all right. It covers as a boarding house, shifting population, and no one takes any notice. Useful if we want to hide someone, or if uh, one of any section has to come in in a hurry. Which section? Anyone in the zone. Which means anyone in any of the Iron Curtain stations, yes? Yeah, right. All right. Now, what about this code name, Shapiro? Well, each station has its own identifying code name to gain access to the house or to me. We change the code names every three months. Until two months ago, Shapiro was the code name for Berlin Station. Then it was changed. So, when Collier asked for Shapiro, he was using a dead code. That's right. It was out of date. So the landlady started the alarm bells ringing. So whoever gave Collier the Nadine Gardens address and told him the code name to use only knew what the code name was two months ago. Right again. And I'll lay you any odds you like it was the same bloke who took that film. Mm, possibly. At least one thing's certain, whoever it is, he's in Berlin. Which is where Collier was staying until yesterday lunchtime. Which part? Huh? Of Berlin, east or west. But you mean your men haven't checked? You mean you haven't asked him? Oh. Stop looking so smug, Carter. Thanks, Albert. How about one for yourself? Thank you, sir. Oh, there's a table coming for you. Right, uh, here you go. Ah, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Sorry it's uh, not quite the Savile Club. Still, it does be. <laughs> Remarks like that make me think you must be an inverted snob, Carter. <laughs> Have you thought what your next move's going to be? I've already made it. I've recalled the head of Berlin Station bloke called Alec Fowler. Mm. Do you know him? No. Oh, he's been around a bit. Dates from way back. One of the original Cold War boys. Oh. He's been in Berlin since 65. Before that, he was running operations in Cheko. 65 was the year I came in from Berlin and took over from Mathieu as operations director here. Fowler thought he was in line for the job, but I got it. And he <laughs> got my old station as a consolation prize, so mm. we... Uh, we don't talk much anymore. Have a lot to catch up on then, won't you? Where will you be? We're down at the old country place. Thought it might be better. Less hassle. More peaceful there.
Thank you, Mr. Fowler. Your friend is waiting for you, sir. Friend? This way, sir. Hello, Alec. Carter. Welcome home. Home? <laughs> Looks more like a customs and excise frisking shed to me. And they're the same the world over. I've been through damn near all of them. <laughs> well, anyway, it's good to see you. There must be something about the way you say that. I mean it. Didn't expect it to be you, not here. Berryman, maybe, even Benny Freeman. But not you, Carter. Why not me? Didn't think you'd still be doing your own legwork. I don't. But you're special. Is that what Control told you to say? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Control doesn't even know you're in the country, Alec. So, this is your operation? Strictly mine. Not an operation, though. Debriefing. That's all. Debriefing? Mm -hmm. Since when was a debriefing so urgent you don't even have time to pack a toothbrush and you have to grab the next flight out as though you're blown sky high? What are you after, Carter? That's half the trouble. I wish I knew. I feel up to travelling. Where to? I thought we might take a trip down to the old health farm. That is, if you fancy it. I was hoping to see Piccadilly Circus and the changing of the guard. And then why not save it as a treat for after we've finished, eh? How are you feeling now, Mr. Collier? They've taken away my clothes. Oh, you'll get them back again in due course. It's cold. Well, if you wanted another blanket, why didn't you say so? The guard would have brought you one. I want my own clothes. Sue. And I want to see a solicitor. This isn't legal. Well, I'm afraid we can't allow that, Mr. Collier. No one knows you're here. And no one will ever know. Unless you cooperate. Huh? To all intents and purposes, you've disappeared off the face of the earth. Thousands of people disappear every year. Tourists, housewives, husbands... If you want to scare me, you're succeeding. I'm scared, all right. But how's it going to help you, me being scared witless? Didn't think we had secret police in this country. Tell me again about the package containing the film. When was it given to you? When? The date. Day before I flew home. October 21st? Aye. Was your wife with you? She knows nothing about it. I was on my own. Where was your wife? With her mother. Where? God help me, I'm just saying. I mean the address. Well, Mr. Collier. She lives in a community block. I can't remember the name of the street. It's behind the Friedensplatz. She's got a little flat. Well, it's a, it's a maisonette, really. Behind the Friedensplatz. Doesn't that mean P-square? So I'm told. Now, if my memory serves me right, that's in East Berlin. So what? And the bar where the package was given to you. Where was that, east or west? East! Well, does it matter? today, despite strong support from the Bank of England. The Chancellor is expected to make a statement in the Commons this afternoon, which, it is hoped, will... Better, eh? I can live without it. You know, I've not been down this way for nearly a year. Even longer for me. But then it would be. 
I can remember the last time I came. It was when Control told me you were coming in from Berlin and I was to take over from you out there. And I thought I was coming to be told I'd got the plum. Ha! Huh. Yeah, well, I'm sorry if that still twists your guts up. But I was as surprised as you. Not anymore, Carter. I don't care anymore. Well, am I going to know what this is all about? My briefcase is on the back seat. There are some photographs in it. Can you reach? Yeah. <clears throat> got him. See that top one? It's got a mugshot on it. I want to know who it's of. Recognize him? Do you expect me to? You might. From that? It's double exposed, for God's sake. This is what you pulled me back for, just to look at this. No, not just that. But it's part of it. Part of a mystery, Alec. The mystery is whose face is on that photograph, and after that, who took it. Why should I know? Because it came out of Berlin three days ago. Not by me. We know that, Alec. It came in the raincoat pocket of an hilarious little joker called Collier, who turned up on the doorstep of 28 Nadine Gardens, asking to see Mr. Shapiro. What? So I'd say that either means you've been blown, or Collier's had contact with someone in one of your networks. Next questions. If Collier's straight and on the level, carrying for one of your contacts, which one? And why wasn't the film passed via you? That's impossible. It's happened. Shapiro's a dead code. So you're blown? No. No, actually, I don't think so either. That mugshot came at the back end of those photographs. Now, why it's there, I don't know. But that lot's worth something, and I'd say the source is a good one. So who is it? If Collier knew about Shapiro and Nadine Gardens, it has to be one of yours. No. Everyone in my section knew that Shapiro was dead. Someone did. Everyone. No, Alec. I think someone in one of your networks took that film. He also wanted us to see a man's face. We don't know why. But he was in a hurry. No time to reload the camera. No time for finesse. He just took a chance on the double exposure giving us something. So maybe someone was on to him. Maybe he had no time to make contact with you, or maybe it wasn't safe. So he did what he could. Found himself an English tourist, took a gamble, and used him to bring the film out. Now, we need to know who and why. It's impossible. What is? These photographs. There's only one man could have got hold of stuff like this. His name's Egon Stalik. So? That name should ring bells. I sent you a report about him. He was arrested a month and a half ago. There's no way it can be him, Carter. You said it. Stalek, you said. Now you tell me why not. Same sort of stuff as he used to bring out. That's what I meant. This place has changed a lot. We don't use it much now. It's all changing, Alec. The weeds do better out of this place than we do nowadays. What happened to the perimeter fence? Used to be over there. Uh, they switched the electricity off. You know, save juice and all that. Then one day some cows barged through it. Huh. I suppose there's a kind of justice in that. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I was trained here. So was I. Now look at it. Like I said, 
It's all changing. This place, well, it's just not needed anymore. Are we? Of course we are. Do you know what was on those photographs, Alec? I caught the gist. Minutes of the Central Committee. Draft DDR resolution applauding Soviet initiative in Egypt. Agenda for the next round of detente talks with Kissinger. Proposing stalling tactics over American interference in the question of Soviet Jews. Detailed budget breakdown of Defence Committee spending. I'd call all that valuable, wouldn't you? Yes. So, if not Stelic, who else? If it's someone new, they deserve a bit of cultivating. I don't know. So maybe it is Stelic. I've told you. Then tell me again. It's all in my damn report. Don't you read reports anymore? You've got it all in there. That's right, but I want you to tell it to me now, all over again. Stelic was arrested a month and a half ago. About that. I can't nail the exact day. I didn't know for about a week. And over there, people prefer not to remember what happened yesterday. When I tried to check, no one knew anything. How did you find out? I got a routine message from Stalick that indicated he was ready to make a drop. He never turned up. I waited a few days for him to contact me again, but he didn't. So I went looking. He'd already been arrested. If that's so, he'll have told them everything he knows by now. What do you mean, if? But all your networks are still functioning. Right? Why shouldn't they be? Stalick never knew anything about them. But he did know you. No. No? Stalick knew my code name. Not who I was. He could still have pointed you out. Wrong again. We only ever met once, right at the beginning. After that, we used a cutout. So chances are you may not be blown after all. Something's just occurred to me. There was someone else. What do you mean? One other person, Stalick did know. He wasn't the primary source. He had his own contact inside the Volkskammer. I don't know who. Stalick was just the courier. So? Suppose they've not managed to break Stalick yet. Suppose he's not told them anything. Then his contact's still safe. He could be acting on his own, getting his stuff out some other way, like using an English tourist to carry it for Like him. our friend Collier. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's possible. It doesn't explain how Stalick's contact knew about Shapiro. Stalick told him, that's obvious. Yeah, well, uh, maybe... Sir, uh, Mr. Carter, sir. Oh, yeah? Uh, signal from London, sir. Top priority. Hotel. Uh, take an answer for you, sir? We'll be heading back soon, anyway. Very good, sir. Oh, message from Lismore. Well, get this. Imperative check movements of Hilda Collier, nay Brecker, East-West Berlin. Particular reference period, 20th of October onward. Also, verification state of health of Frau Eva Brecher, Zimmer Nummer 5B, Gemeinschaftswohnung, Hatakastrasse, East Berlin. Checking up on Collier's wife. Maybe he reckons she's being held and they're blackmailing her old man. As if they wouldn't know we'd check. You've got someone minding the shop who can handle it for us? Yes. Who is this, Lismore? My opposite number in London. He's a very clever bloke. Sounds like it. Oh, you never know. You may meet him. Why? He may want to ask you some questions. For a simple debriefing, I'd have said you're asking enough of them. <laughs> yeah, but his are better. They're harder. You mean as the interrogator? That's right. Why? Why me, Carter? Well, I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying it might. Always wear velvet gloves when you slap people in the face, do you? Nothing personal, Alec. You know that. No, not much. This bloke, Collier, you know, the guy who brought us the film, he gave us a description of the fellow who passed it to him. Small, in his forties, thinning hair, heavily lined face, and he wore glasses. That remind you of anyone? No. 
You sure? It could be anyone. Yeah, we know it's not very detailed and we know it's not easy. All the same, you might know him. I don't think so. Do something for me, will you, Alec? You say you met Stelic just the once. Tell me what he looked like. It doesn't prove a thing. What doesn't? As if you didn't know. Why don't you tell me? Stelic's about 48. He's a thin little bloke, weighs about nine stone, five foot seven, I guess. He's got wispy hair, his face is all lines and creases, and he wears glasses. Now, that's what you wanted. It matches the description you've got. But I'm here to tell you there's no way it could have been him. Hmm. That's what I was afraid of. I'm being set up for something. Let's go send that signal, shall we, Alec? Shouldn't be more than a couple of days down on the health farm. Will you be able to cope? Don't you worry about a thing, sir. Well, I want those letters to be in Berlin by tonight, so they should be back in this country before the end of the week. Well, you leave it all to me, sir. Give my love to the old place, will you? <laughs> I'll tell Carter you said that. You do that, sir. He'll understand. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Morning, Mr. Collier, sir. Brought you a cup of tea. <coughs> Mr. Lismore asked me to tell you he's had to go out of town for a short while. Only a day, we hope, too, at the outside. Still, I'm afraid we'll have to ask you to stay here until he gets back. So anything you want, just knock on the door and tell the guard and I'll see what I can do for you, all right? Oh, uh, there was just one other thing. We've drafted a letter to your employers explaining that your mother-in-law is more seriously ill than you thought and that you'll have to stay on in Berlin for another few days. Here we are. It uh, just needs your signature at the bottom. No. We've also written one to your friends, the Robertsons, apologising that you'll not be back in time to take them to the Halle concert on their anniversary like you'd arranged. You can borrow my pen, sir. Try and make me. You can always have your signature forged, you know. Dead easy. Aye, I'll bet. I wouldn't put out past you. Fair enough. Morning, Toby. I'd like you to meet Toby Lismore, Alec. Toby Alec Fowler. How do you do, Mr. Fowler? So, you're the interrogator. That's one of my jobs. It's nippy out this morning. I wouldn't know. Seems I'm not allowed out. Need me, Toby? No, I, I don't think so. Oh, you might ask if they could uh, turn the heating up a bit. <laughs> if it's not broken down again. Huh. See you later, Eric. Ah, I hope I haven't disturbed your breakfast. I just finished. I take it you know why I'm here. To ask me questions, that's what Carter said. <laughs> Precisely so. How old are you, Mr. Lismore? Does it matter? Thirty-four, thirty-five. <laughs> Somewhere thereabouts. So I wonder how much you reckon you know. What about? Men like me. And Carter. The original Cold War, boys. Yes. And where were you when the wall went up? Sleeping off a hangover in your gothic Oxford garret? Probably. How can you know? I know you, Mr. Fowler. I've read your file and Carter's filled me in on the rest, so I know enough to do my job. Dissecting me? If you like. Not much. 
Don't you think I might have hoped for something better? I'm a professional, Mr. Lismore, and they give me to you. I am also a professional. Professional pimp touting detente. No, but that's interesting. What is? Knowing what it is that bothers you so much. You really think you do? Detente. The British handshake across the curtain. It makes you question your whole raison d'être, doesn't it, Mr. Fowler? It begins to make you feel well, a bit like a fish out of water. Let's get this over with, shall we? But if it's any comfort, you and I both know that detente doesn't exist. Otherwise, you and I wouldn't be sitting here now, would we? Real or not, I'm not sure it matters anymore. Now, you try thinking yourself into my shoes, if you can. Forty-nine years old, twenty of those in the field, and you try living with that. Or if that's beyond you, why don't you just ask your questions? About a month ago, we received this report from you. Subject, Egon Stelig, East German, working for us, one of your most valuable contacts, in fact. In here, you report his disappearance. Subsequently amended to arrest. Or death. You say here arrest. He's most likely been shot by now. But you still don't know. Not for sure. You've not found any witnesses. Who'd be a witness to a thing like that? What was your first indication that something had gone wrong? Look, I told Carter it's all in the report. Yes, I know. I've read it. But now I'd like to hear it in your own words. I knew Stalick was going to make a drop. I went to the pickup, but there was nothing there. I knew something must have gone wrong. Tell me about your arrangements. How did he contact you? He phoned my flat. Leave a message on my answering machine. Rudy called. Just that. I'd know it meant that the drop was live. That evening or next day, I'd make the pickup. You told Carter that you used a cutout? Yes, a girl. We both went to her, you know. Name of Catherine. We were regulars, so no one had taken a notice. It was one of Stalick's perks whenever he came over the wall. They all do it. Did she know who you were? Not what I did, if that's what you mean. But she knew you used her to pass and receive messages? Yes. Did she know who Stalick was? No. Could you trust her? Obviously. I made sure I knew enough about her. So, what did you do after you got Stalick's last message, saying, Rudy called? I went to Katrine. She'd not seen him for nearly a fortnight. Go on. We checked as far as we could whether he'd gone back across the wall. But on our side, they don't look at all the papers so carefully. Nobody remembered. I thought there must have been some temporary holder. I waited for him to get in touch again. Well, he never did. So then we started looking on the other side. There was no trace. That's when I put my report in. Dated September the 15th. You say so. And what was the date of your last contact with Stalick? The 8th, maybe the 9th. It'll be in my log. Six days earlier. About that. How often did Stalick come across the wall? Regularly? Or were there gaps between trips? Sometimes twice a week. Sometimes only once a fortnight. So you couldn't be sure how soon he'd be able to contact you again? No. Yet you only gave him six days before you reported him missing. I'd been checking. But you, you weren't sure. You couldn't have been. You'd found no witnesses, no evidence at all, in fact. He was missing. You assumed either arrested or dead. That's right. Uh, then how would you explain the fact that he was seen as large as life four days ago 
in a Berlin bar. That wasn't Stalick. We have a description of the man. You told Carter it fits Stalick, exactly. Like it fits 10,000 others. Quite so. But how many of them would have known about the code name Shapiro? You say it was Stalick. I know it couldn't have been. You don't know anything. You just make assumptions, it would seem to me, based on no hard evidence. Listen, if it was Stalick, he'd have made contact with me. Don't you get that? That's one of the more puzzling aspects, I grant you. Carter tells me that the codename Shapiro was changed two months ago. Yes. Tell me about these code names. Uh, where do they originate? In London, someone in cipher section has a ball. And then? I get a coded signal and I pass the new name onto my network. How? Depends. Well, Stalick, then. How did you let him know? I put it on the answering machine. You, you did what? Why not? It worked. It'd go something like this. This is an answering machine on... Then I'd get my normal listed number. Then it'd say... Urgent messages may be left with Herr Shapiro on, and I'd give my private ex-directory number. Sooner or later, I'd get a message on the answering machine saying, Rudely, the codename, Shapiro, was changed. The beginning of September, the second or third. And the next contact you had with Stalick was on the 8th or 9th. So, by that time, the new codename was definitely on the answering That's machine. That's right. So, we're in no doubt that Stalick definitely knew what the new codename was. No question. Well, something went wrong. Right. He got himself picked up. No, Mr. Farner. Two months later, in a Berlin bar, it seems he deliberately used a code name you claim he knew was out of date. God help me. I'll say it just once more. Come. Oh, uh, am I interrupting? Hmm? Oh, no, no. I was just about to suggest we took a break. We've uh, got a reply to that cable you sent yesterday. Would you excuse me for a moment, Mr. Fowler? Perhaps you'd like some coffee, Alec. I'll get some sent in. Don't bother. Just tell this guy I'm straight, will you? I need some protection. So you see, Lismore, Collier's wife, Hilda Collier, nay, Brecker, she's clean. She's staying in West Berlin at Hotel Goethe. No obvious restrictions on her movements. She crosses into the east each day, comes back again each evening. No undue attention at the checkpoint, nothing you wouldn't expect anyway. So, if Collier's being blackmailed, it's difficult to see how. Mm. No information on the mother-in-law yet. Uh, she's harder to get to, but we should have some confirmation by tomorrow. Well, it was only a long shot. Mm. Do you get the same feeling as me, that we're on a hiding to nowhere? I don't know. There's something... Out of key somewhere, something about Fowler, his attitude, but I, I can't pin down exactly what it is. Something like him telling me he doesn't care anymore, like telling you that none of it matters now. Hmm. And that's the area. Have you been listening in? Yeah. And I've had a thought. Look at it this way. Collier gets past a film by Stalick. It has to be Stalick. The description fits, and he knows about Shapiro. So why does he take the risk of breaking cover and using a total stranger, a bloke he, he just happens to meet in a bar to bring his film out. Answer, because he can't trust his normal methods anymore. He tells Collier to ask for Shapiro because he doesn't know the code's been changed. Why not? Because Fowler never passed it on, or maybe not until Stalick had already dropped out of sight. You heard Fowler swear that the new code name was on his answering machine before Stalick made his last call. Yeah, but how do we know? 
We've only got his word for it. Now, let's take it all the way. Stalick goes to ground for nearly two months, so he's in danger, yes? Or maybe because he can't trust the one contact he's got. And that's Alec Fowler. Now, I know that stinks, but you try making the facts work some other way. If Alec Fowler's a double, then your Berlin station's worthless. You think I don't know that? Remember what he said, that he doesn't care and none of it matters anymore. What does that make him? Mixed up and bitter. In other words, an easy target to turn. Oh, well, give me a get-out, Toby. Tell me where I've got it wrong. Mm. I can't. No. Well, there you go, then. Oh, God. Mm. Duty room, Berryman speaking. Any hot tips about the GGs, dear? Uh, you said you might have something for me. Hello, gorgeous. Hello. Yeah, I thought the ponies had been washed out today. Look, I want your Mr Carter. Is he there, dear? No. Why? Well, it's happened again, dear. What has? I've had another caller asking for Mr Shapiro. You received a message from Stelig. Rudy called. When did you get it? The 8th of September, I think. The 8th or the 9th. But you can't remember which. You understood from this that Stalick had made a drop. All was about to. But when did you go to make the pickup? That same night. How did you know the girl Catherine would be free? Phone first. Always did. So she'd regard it as perfectly normal. Perfectly. So you went, just like normal. Only this time, she hadn't got anything for you. Stalick hadn't been near her. Well, why didn't she tell you that? When you phoned? What? When you phoned. To check that she was free. You mean ask her on the phone? Well, why not? You left messages and code names on your answering machine for all the world and his brother to hear. Because everything I did, I did just like normal, routine. My visits to her were normal routine. So you paid visits outside working hours, Alec? Yes. Don't bother pretending to be shocked. And you didn't on the phone say, have you seen my friend today or anything like that? Which friend? How would she know? What? Stalig wasn't the only contact I ran through her. My God, she was a wholesale postbox. And you didn't use code names for your various contacts? Not with her. A pity. You might have saved yourself a trip. And missed a bit of fun. But perhaps you're a Puritan, Mr Lismore, so you wouldn't want to know about that. When did you begin to check on Stalig's movements? Next day. And when did it dawn on you that Stalig must have been arrested? It just began to look that way. Toby here asked you when, Alec. And I've told you I don't know. A few days later, that's the best I can do. The report you sent to London is dated the 15th. So you keep telling me. Obviously, you didn't waste any time. I didn't exactly hang about, no. Being a bit worried. That's not what you said yesterday, though, is it? What? Yesterday, you told me Stalick was arrested a month and a half ago. You couldn't tell the exact day because you didn't know for about a week. You didn't know for about a week your words. Now you're telling us that you checked and you knew inside four, five, six days at the most. Six days, seven days. You were worried on the ninth and you were already checking. You didn't hang about, you just said so. Although, of course, you had no real reason to be worried at all. As far as you knew, Staley could probably cross back into the east and would contact you again. That's what you told me this morning. You told me uh, that you actually waited for him to contact you and only when he didn't did you start getting worried. You're just playing with words, both of you. Words? are important after all. Perhaps you should choose yours with greater care. Meaning? That you knew Stalick had been arrested much earlier than you claim. 
How could I? Because you were expecting it. Expecting it? Don't be so damn silly. How could I have been? Because you'd already put the finger on him, Alec. In God's name. Our thesis is that somehow, luckily for us, Stelik got wind of the fact that you'd betrayed him and went to ground. Until five days ago, when he reappeared in a Berlin bar. You stinking bastard! Oh, we know it smells, Alec. But most things do when they go bad. So perhaps it's you. You bastard! Now sit down! Yeah, Carter? Berryman here, sir. We've had a development. Like what? Like a live-action replay, this end. Berryman, in words of one syllable, you just tell me. Nardine Gardens. We've had another caller asking for Shapiro. He arrived this morning, sir, on a forged passport from Orley. Using the same name? Zankel, yes, sir. How good a forgery was the passport? Damn good, sir. Mm, a bit bold, though, all the same. Yeah, well, you wait till you meet him. What do you mean? Sir? When I meet him. Well, I wish you a lot of luck, sir, that's all. Put your nose out, has he, Bellman? Bit of an arrogant so-and-so, if you know what I mean, sir. And he claims we're actually expecting him. Yes, sir. Keeps talking about a photograph. A photograph? Yes, sir. Now, just a minute. What? Did you ever see those photographs we took off Collier? Brief look, yes, sir. Well? It could be him, sir. I can't be any more definite than that. Ah, at last. Or are you million other minions sent to watch to make sure I don't steal the fittings? Herr Sankor. That is my name. Sorry to have kept you waiting. Thank you, guard. And what is your name? Lismore. Lismore? Hmm. Should I know you? Well, that depends on who you are, Herr Sanko. Ah. We uh, have been expecting you, of course. Not that uh, this photograph is a particularly flattering likeness, but I take it this is you. Of course. Quite. I had begun to fear it had not reached you. Three days ago. I am relieved. We were mystified. It was the best we could do. We? Please tell me, to whom am I speaking? You know my name. But not the degree of authority you possess. For what, precisely? I have certain requirements, and any further fruitful conversation between us is contingent on these being met. Such as? Political asylum, of course. I see. You must understand, Herr Sankel, that any question of political asylum is entirely contingent on just how fruitful our conversation is here and now. No. I hardly need to remind you, Herr Sankel, how you entered this country on a forged passport. Now, if you'd like me to contact the immigration authorities... You wouldn't. Too much is at stake. I've only your word for that. You have proof of the quality of my information on those photographs in front of you now. Still not enough. Then how am I to protect myself? Why not try trusting us? <laughs> All right, then, let's be more general. Talk in broad outlines and leave the details until you're ready. It's the best I can do. Some sort of rapport is important, I agree. Good. Now, you said we. The best we could do. Mm-hmm. To whom are you referring? The man who aided my escape from East Germany, Egon Stelich. Egon Stelich? Hmm. 
The name means something to you? What can you tell me about Hashtag? Would it not be simple if I told you my whole story, uh, in broad outline, of course, to save each other's time? It'll tell you all about Aegon. As you wish. My name is Werner Zankel. I am 36 years of age, not married. Until two days ago, I was the secretary, assistant first secretary, to the president of our Volkskammer. Hmm, you'd need top-grade security to get as high as that. I'm a party member, and I had good security, yes. Then why... Am I here now? In the war, my father was killed at Stalingrad. My mother also in Berlin, by occupying victorious Russian troops. Also, I had a sister, older than I, until they reached Berlin. I never ever knew what happened to her. I was very young then, but one can guess. So, I was never a good party member because I have never forgotten, you understand? Yes, I understand. But I worked hard. Studied fastidiously, behaved impeccably. I had a goal in view. Not a conscious, fully formed goal, perhaps, but an awareness, nevertheless, that I must strive to climb higher, as high as I could, to work my way into the core. A worm can rot the whole apple from inside. Is that how you see yourself now, as a worm? I have no illusions. My work for the President entailed many important documents passing through my hands. Egon, Egon Stelik, knew how little I loved the Warsaw Pact or the party. How? Please. Egon showed me how I might take my revenge. It was so simple. He had contacts in West Berlin and regular passes to take him across the wall, which I had not. So everything I photographed and gave to him to give to his contacts in the West. And for two years, it worked. And then, trouble. A security investigation at all levels. Someone had betrayed us. And Aegon was in grave danger. My own position was serious. Aegon went into hiding, and I decided I must flee. Well, the rest you know. Hmm. Some of it, certainly. Why the photograph? To prepare the way. To establish my bona fides. A touch bizarre, wouldn't you say? Leaving rather a lot to chance. Aegon was in great danger. They had missed him once, and now they were searching. There was no time for anything more elaborate. And you trusted a total stranger, someone who just happened to be visiting East Berlin, to bring it out for you? I have no idea. Aegon was to choose the courier, not me. I see. How did you meet Stelig? Well, we sat on the same citizens' committee together. I come to know him quite well. And he recruited you? I was a willing recruit. How did he go about it? I mean, I presume he didn't just suddenly say one day, how do you like to spy for the West? He must have had some indication that you'd be sympathetic, at least. Of course. We had talked about politics together many times. Rather dangerous, I'd have thought. Oh, no. It starts in small ways. A tiny indiscretion which is not rebuked leads to another. Like little boys with their best friends, admissions are made, little secrets are shared. Mm. And soon, an understanding exists. He might have been leading you into a trap. Yes. But in the end, of course, you have only your instincts. And you have to ask yourself, what is my instinctive feeling about this man? Do I trust him or not? And with Aegon, I did. Yes. You said earlier, Herr Sankel, that someone had betrayed you. Mm. What did you mean? 
As I said, a security investigation had started at all levels. At first, I was not unduly alarmed, but then, and it was entirely by chance, a report came into my hands which mentioned the presence of a double agent in West Berlin. No more than that. It had nothing to do with the investigation, but it made me nervous. If this double agent was British, might he not know about Aegon and have betrayed him? Did you warn Sterling? Oh, of course. He was to go over that day. What date was that? September 8th. Did he go? Oh, yes. But not to do so would arouse too much notice. Also, he needed to make one phone call to his contact. It was to find out the code name to be used in an emergency. Did he come back? Happily for me, yes, but not for him. He phoned me at my home that evening. His flat was already being watched. There could no longer be any doubt. He was blown. I told him he should have stayed in the West. But there was his family. He, he would not desert them. And your fears were confirmed? Yes. Yes. You see, Aegon knew a place, somewhere he could hide. I didn't know where or with whom. He just dropped out of sight. What did you do? Waited. Keeping a, a low profile, like a deer poised for flight, testing the wind for the first whiff of the hunter. Which came when? A week ago. Oh, nothing startling. Interviews on two consecutive days with two different security officers. They were both very charming, you know. But it was enough. Hmm. I had already made my plans. Did you see Stalik again? Just once. Five days ago. The day after I made my decision. We had arranged that if I needed ever to contact him, I was to walk to work in the morning. And somewhere along my route, or at home in the evening, or next day, he would contact me. I don't know how my signal was to reach him. Perhaps he had a friend watching for me. I don't know. Well, we met in the park. And it was there he took the photograph and told me I was to try to reach London. He told me I was to trust no one until I reached here and that I should go to the house in Nadine Gardens where I was to ask for Herr Shapiro. And this would identify me, he said. Did Stelik ever give you any indication that he shared your belief that the double agent in West Berlin was British? It was implied. He told me to trust no one. And the reports you saw concerning this double agent, did they give any name? Only a code name. Malworth. It is an animal. Uh, you call it... Yes, I know. The mole. You think I enjoy your company, Carter? You know how it is, Alec. Someone's got to watch you. Might as well be me. Why? I mean, where would I run to? Depends where you call home. No place. It's as bad as that. You don't know the half of it. Try telling me. I'd like to understand. This is what it all comes to, is it? Carving up your friends because you can't remember who your enemies are anymore? <laughs> I wish it was that crazy. Crazy? Why don't you open your eyes, Carter? It's all a crazy game. What is this? You and me, what we used to believe in, what I've spent 20 years in the cold for. What we used to believe. 
Why the past tense, Alec? Why not? You think Britain matters anymore? You think anyone cares about us? We're bankrupt, always running. Haven't you heard yet? The Arabs own us. East-West detente? Why not? We've no secrets or influence left worth spying for. And you and me, we're left playing charades, pretending the Britannia still rules the bloody waves. So you looked back on 20 years and reckoned that they were wasted. And you couldn't live with that. So you did the double and found yourself a new master who could give you back your reason for being... No! There's a way we can nail it, Alec. You said Stalic only knew you by your code name. But you never told me what it was. What'll that prove? Maybe that we're wrong. It was Mole. Mole. Then God help you. Because that proves we're right. When did you get back? Brought Alec Fowler up last night. You were right, by the way. His code name was Mole. Well, that's it then. Time to take the wraps off, wouldn't you say? Tell the old man what we've been up to. I'd say almost. Why? What is that to wait for? I've had a preliminary reaction to that film we took off Collier. All very unofficial, but our zone gazers are going quietly off their heads with excitement about it. Oh, they want Sankle. And Fowler's code name was the last piece in the jigsaw. The last but one. I've just read the transcript of your session with Zankel, and there's one place I need clarification. Where? Zankel says that he knew from reports he'd seen that the double agent in West Berlin had a code name, Molewolf. And we know that's the same code name Stalek knew Fowler by. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm not clear about is whether Zankel told Stalek that Molewolf was a double. I mean, actually told him the name. Because if he did... I want to know why Stalick still went over that day and made his phone call. I mean, would you? Ring up a contact you know is likely to blow you any second. Probably already has. Get me? But it's a point, but... Uh, well, Sankel never said he did tell Stalick the code name. You believe that? You believe he told him the rest and didn't tell him that? I'll give you a call when he gets here. And you can ask him. Sir... I think I'll do that. Oh, yeah, one other thing I almost forgot. The confirmation you wanted about the state of health of Collier's mother-in-law. It came through just before we left last night. Oh. How is she? She's dead. You've met my colleague, Mr. Collier. Morning. We'd like to ask you one or two more questions, if we may. Tweedle dumb and tweedle bloody dee. When do you expect your wife home, Mr. Collier? No idea. It shouldn't be long now, though, surely. Does it matter? Well, not particularly. I'm just mildly curious as to why she's stayed as long as this. Why shouldn't she? Well, no reason. 
Only, if her mother isn't all that ill... I've told you, Hilda's all she's got. Oh, quite. Yes. Must be a bit of an expense for you, though. Hotel bills and all that. Hotel Gertie's not all that dear, I know, but still, man's up just the same. Well, you could say I'm making up for it, then, because I'm not spending much here. You didn't tell us. You didn't, did you? you? You never told us exactly what was wrong with Frau Brecker. What? Her ailment. Oh, old age. Ah, but I thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought you initially flew out to Berlin because you believed that she was dying. That's what they told us. And who would that be, Mr Collier? Doctor who wrote. But, in fact, when you arrived, you discovered uh, that wasn't the case. Which is partly why you flew home again. We've been through all this. A bit of an odd mistake for a doctor to make, wouldn't you say? Depends how much store you put by him. Funny, because I've always heard that East German doctors are pretty on the ball, you know. Nobody's infallible. No, indeed. Would it interest you to know that we've arranged for a second opinion huh? on Frau Brecker's condition? You've what? I'm sorry to have to tell you that the earlier diagnosis has been confirmed. You've never had no second opinion. Don't talk daft. She's dead, Mr Collier. What? She died from cancer two days ago. Rubbish. I'm afraid not. We had a message confirming the fact last night. Obviously, your wife is staying on for the funeral, but she should be home in a day or two. No. Yes. So now we want to know why you told us the old lady wasn't really ill. Well, it's the truth. You're lying. Unless, of course, you didn't know how ill Frau Brecker really was. That's what I'm saying. Because if you had, you wouldn't have flown home, would you? Uh, no. Did you see her? Uh, yes, well, uh, of course how I How was she? Oh, all right. Sleeping, perhaps. That's right. So if she'd been in a coma or under sedation, you wouldn't have been able to tell? Uh, no. Oh, come, come, Mr Collier, please. You expect us to believe that you didn't notice how thin she was, how emaciated, that you, that you didn't notice that anything was wrong? Well, she's an old lady. You expect us to believe that doctors still hadn't told you? What the hell do you know about it? Not as much as we will when you've finished telling us. I've nothing to say. The doctors wrote to you, probably to your wife, to tell her that Frau Brecker was dying. And we know that's true because now she's dead. You admit that you saw your mother-in-law, so you must know we're telling you the truth. Oh, stop it! Not till you've told us why you're lying. No! No need to go on trying to protect her now, you know. She's dead. There's nothing more they can do to her now. So, why don't you tell us the truth? They, they said they'd stop the morphine. Said, said they'd not give her any more morphine. <laughs> oh, my God. We hope you slept well, Herr Zankel. Tolerably, thank you. Good. Perhaps I should be flattered. Flattered? To have two of you to interrogate me? No, I'm only here out of interest, Herr Zankel. Oh, incidentally, the stuff you and Staler got out to us over the last two years has been some of the best quality information I've ever handled. Thank you. Mr Carter's really here because he'll be taking care of you for a while. My nursemaid. <laughs> My application has been successful. Let's just say that we don't want to lose you. What Mr Carter means is that a decision has now been made, in principle at least, to facilitate your staying in this country. Which amounts to the same thing? Let's all hope so. 
There has been an impediment? Oh, not at all. But we would like further details regarding one or two aspects of your statement. For instance, when you warned Stalik of the danger he was in, did you actually mention Malvaf's name? <laughs> if I had, do you think he would still have gone over that day? How could I tell him Malvaf's name when I didn't know it myself? You didn't know it? No, not until much later. Well, that's not quite the impression I gathered yesterday. Well, I'm sorry, but you didn't ask me yesterday. There's something I'd like to ask Herr Zankel. It's got me guessing. You told Herr Lismore that you warned Stalik he might be in danger on September the 8th, and that was the day he crossed over into West Berlin. Am I right? Yes. While he was there, he made a phone call. That what you said? To his West German contact to be given the emergency code name, yes. And when he came back, he told you what that was? Uh, no, no, not then. Not until our last meeting six days ago. I knew I hadn't much time. I, I needed help. And that is when he told me. What was it? Well, surely you know. Yeah, but you tell us again what he told you. He said I was to come to London uh, to an address, 28 Nadine Gardens, and there I was to ask for Herr Shapiro. And this would identify me, he said. You're sure he said Shapiro? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's what I can't work out. Why? Because Shapiro was a code name, certainly. But it was out of date. It's been out of date for two months now. I don't understand. Which means Stalik purposefully gave you a useless code name. And I just wonder why. Well, I have no idea. Well, there's got to be a reason, isn't there? Otherwise, it's, it's just plain damn stupid. I'm astonished. Actually, you're the second person to have used the Shapiro codename in under a week, Herr Zankel, so you can appreciate our anxiety. In the second? Yeah. First was a bloke called Collier. You might know him. He's, uh, he's just spent a while in Berlin. With his wife, visiting her mother. Oh? It was he who brought us the film containing your photograph. Well, then you know. I, I, I told you, Egon was to choose the courier. I never knew who. So that means Stalek deliberately told two people the wrong code. Ridiculous, isn't it? It does not make sense, I agree. Apparently, Collier and his wife flew out to Berlin because her mother was ill. And now she's dead. Dead? Two days ago. Oh, how terrible. A bit nasty, yeah. Cancer, you see. Seems the treatment wasn't all that hot either. In what way? According to Mr. Collier, the doctors refused to administer her with any morphine. So maybe you can imagine the agony she was in. What is this to do with me? Well, we believe the doctors were operating under your orders, as Uncle. Or your bosses. What? Well, you're mad. We've got a little theory about this codename business as well. I'd like you to hear it. You'll explain what you meant by that accusation. Oh, I think you got the drift all right. You see, what we think happened is this. Despite whatever you did to Stalik after you'd arrested him, despite banging his head inside a fire bucket or tearing his fingernails off or whatever other little tricks you use these days, he clung on to just one thing. One little lie buried deep among all the true facts you squeezed out of him where you'd never spot it, and he was clever with it. Because he knew it was a lie you couldn't disprove. He gave you an out-of-date codename, knowing that we'd ask why. 
Simple, isn't it? Must make you feel mad. To think he'd punched a gaping hole in your cover before you even left Berlin. But this is incredible. Frau Brecker is dead, Herr Zankel. With or without morphine, you can't hurt her anymore, which means that Graham Collier doesn't need to go on trying to protect her. Don't you understand? You see, he's told us everything. <clears throat> if my application for political asylum has been turned down, I must request an interview with a representative of my government at the earliest opportunity. Oh, quite impossible, I'm afraid. Then I wish to see someone in higher authority. Oh, you will, eventually. Because although we're not prepared to grant you political asylum, we certainly intend to keep you in this country for a considerable length of time. Until you've told us all you know. But I... Of course, we'll deny all knowledge of you officially. But privately, I hope you won't regret your decision to come and live in England, Herr Zankok. Not that you'll see much of the country. Most of the time, you'll be in a cell. You see, as far as you're concerned, at least until your people get someone we consider you're worth swapping with, this is the end of the road. Say that again, Carter. You're clear, Alec. We made a mistake. You can go home. Just like that? What else is there? You really don't know. It can happen. You know that. But you called me a double, said I'd been turned. You damn well believed I'd gone over, Carter. That's what we were meant to believe. That's what it was all about. They reckoned on discrediting you and planting Zankel on us while we were too busy crucifying you to notice. <laughs> Bit clever, really. But it got screwed up. Now you're clear again. Well, just saying that's not quite good enough, sir. All right, then, what do you want? An apology? Wouldn't wipe the stink off. I want out of your section. I want out of this service. For good. Where would you go, Alec? What would you do? I'll find something. Forty-nine years old. Twenty of those in the field. What use are you? Damn you, Carter. Live with your own uselessness, but don't write me off. I'll find something worthwhile. Then I'll try to spare time to pity you. Yeah. Well, you'd have to anyway. You couldn't go back. You, you'd be no use. Because you've been blown. <laughs> <laughs>